0: Oh, So, more Tom Fullery out of the Northwestern football program and a big move in the betting landscape yesterday that is going to affect you. I'm going to talk all about that and more. But we're going to go straight to the phone lines here. Uh, it is Brickyard weekend here and it is a full on event now with three days four races you've got the indy car there you've got the nascar there as well kids 15 and under get in free with adult general admission tickets uh, from on the track action to the midway fun there's going to be something for everyone uh we're going to bring in uh, austin Sindrick here driver of the number two ford with us here austin how are you buddy
1: I'm doing great. How are you guys?
0: Uh, We're doing great over here, man. Um, Sophomore year for you, man. You had a heck of a debut at this thing last year. Uh, You went Yahtzee, man. You're in the two-car, you qualified two, you finished two. That's uh, pretty darn good for a rookie. Looking back on that uh, uh, race last year at uh, IMS, uh, what were you able to take away from that and bring into this year?
1: Yeah, hopefully, hopefully enough, uh, detailed notes to, to, to get us away from that number two column. Uh, you know, <laughs> as the saying goes, if you ain't first or last, you know, there it, are. it doesn't, doesn't pay any points or enough points and it doesn't put us in the playoffs if, if we finish second. So, uh, feel like we've got some good notes to lean on from, from last year. Last year, actually, we, we, we showed up there with, with quite a bit of a different package and tried some stuff, um, good, bad, you know, definitely tried to, pushed the envelope and had some success and obviously took advantage of some, of some of those crazy restarts at the end of the race to to get a good finish out of it but um feel good about what we're coming with this year looking forward to it um the brickyard is is just a really special place um if, if you're a racer um but but if you're a driver for roger penske it, it, it's it's that much more so looking forward to getting there um and uh and going to work
0: well, I mean, you're a Midwest guy, so, I mean, Indianapolis, uh, you know, uh, oh, the family lineage, too. I guess I shouldn't leave out here as well. I mean, you know what kind of a special place this is. Uh, were you able last year to kind of take a moment and, and take that all in with the history and everything, too? And and do you feel like that even, even though we're running the, the road course here, how do you get the sense around your fellow drivers in NASCAR uh, of uh, what kind of esteem they still hold IMS at?
1: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, as much as I am a Cup Series driver, there's there's no replacement, you know, for the Indy 500. Um, you know, that, obviously that that's that's the marquee event, one of the greatest races in the world. But it, it's what makes that facility special. It, it, it's what makes you know Indy special, um, and and the city and, and and everything really around it. All all in my mind revolve around that racetrack. So to be able to get to race there it is really special. So when when you win at Indy, it's it's a big deal and. You know, for for me, when that Xfinity race a, a couple of years ago it was a big deal. Like you mentioned, got a lot of a lot of family history, a lot of family ties, um, not just in the Midwest, but but specifically, you know, racing at the speedway. You know, a couple of different generations. So, um, it, it's a place that's very special to me, and, and definitely more incentive to go out there and have a good weekend.
0: Let's just say, theoretically, if you could we all remember the good old days guys like tony stewart would try to do you know remember the 500 and the coca cola 600 get in the helicopter and go fly which i always thought was insane but have you ever thought about like you know we have these weekends where you know the IndyCar car guys are leading off and it's you guys you ever thought about getting in an open wheel there if you could do that and maybe try to run a couple races in a weekend would you feel like you'd be up to that? you're a young man you're spry enough i think
1: yeah sign me up uh, absolutely <laughs> uh, that'd be that'd be really cool especially to do it uh, on the same weekend at the same track uh, that'd be It'd be pretty wild to to pull that off, um, but it's uh, yeah definitely a completely different discipline, and th- that's what's really cool about the Brickyard Weekend is that the race fans get to see you know three of the top series in the U.S. and and, and all on the same racetrack, so you really get to appreciate what makes you know the IndyCar Series very cool versus Cup Series racing and, and versus the Xfinity Series. Um, you know all those all three of those cars are quite different, in and the series and the drivers and you know, what's what's on the line for everybody in, in, in each situation um, and, and how the cars perform, how the cars sound, how it smells, you know, what corners you want to wa- watch. The NASCAR race might be different than what corners you want to go and walk to and, and, and watch the IndyCar race. So uh, I think all those things on top of each other make make for a really great weekend for, for the spectators around that road course.
0: And everybody talks a little smack about F1 drivers. This was some, we can all come together on that this weekend. It's Austin Cedric here. On the uh, Hammerhead Hotline, again, uh, Brickyard is uh, this weekend. Four races for you uh, over three days uh, with uh, all the IndyCar uh, qualifying's happening on Friday. Uh, you guys will hit the uh, track on Saturday. Is there, and again, we talk about uh, you know you being a Midwest guy, having the appreciation for, for some of the IndyCar stuff, of course, Team Penske and all that. Is there stuff that you can take um, from those IndyCar drivers? Or is there any kind of tips that you can kind of uh that apply to what you're driving obviously it's a much different car but uh, are are there notes or anything like that from those guys that you can pick their brains and and help make you faster this weekend
1: yes no i mean just for the race weekend specifically obviously there's there's plenty of uh, cross-pollination of notes you know throughout the race shop here at, at penske racing but um i think throughout the race weekend i think track evolution is it's pretty important, you know, whether if it's just, you know, sensitivity to temperature, um, you know, and any any added rubber, surface changes, or um, anything like that, you can take away, you know, small details to kind of help you make a decision in one direction or the other, obviously, really important, so e- even as much as it is for drivers, just as much as it is teams, you know, to be able to, you know, have some information and, and, and be able to spread it across, you know, all platforms, I, I think that's, that's definitely beneficial for us, but uh, obviously two completely different cars with two very different priorities there are some some corners in any car that's pretty easy wide open you know to where we're struggling sliding for grip you know in most corners you know I don't think that you know from from that perspective our our, our priorities are a lot different you know straight line braking and um you know high speed cornering grip um whereas yeah, you know, the Indy cars, you know, they're a lot more medium speed corners, and you know that's really all they're worried about, in and the in the momentum. Whereas we're, we're kind of a uh, more of a stop and go type type vehicle, so um, quite a bit different, uh, I, w- I would think. But the uh, the track is the same for all of us, so I would say that's the the main thread.
0: You know, you had such tremendous success in your uh, in your rookie season here, and uh, you know, Michigan. Hey, last week, uh, great finish out there, 12th. But you know, I know several races before that. It, it, you know, hanging out in the 20s is not where you want to be. It seems like, though, if you take the success that you had last year, it's that back half of the season uh, where, uh, you know, uh, Darlington, Kansas, Texas, these are the places where you seem like you uh, uh, rode a whole lot better here. Do you have a lot of optimism uh, heading into the uh, last uh, several races of the year here to uh, maybe continue to bump yourself up in the standings? Those just... Did those tracks just uh, they they work better for you? I mean, obviously, we talked about how good you were at Indy last year. Uh, talk a little bit about your outlook here for the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think number one priority. Uh, there's 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 nothing more important than a race win in, in NASCAR with, with with how our with how our format works. If you want to shot at the championship, you got to be in the playoffs. And, and with where we're at in points, you know, we have to win a race to make it in the playoffs. So uh, I told my guys, you know, last week heading into Michigan that we can win each one of the next four races, if not all four of them. Um, you know, with that being Michigan last week and uh, Indy, Watkins Glen, Daytona. Those are all races that that I feel confident we have the tools and the experience to go out and, and 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 race for a win. And in some ways, that takes you know some pressure off. You know, like like you mentioned, you know, there's there's been plenty of races this year that definitely haven't gone or trended in the in the way that you know we would expect um so you, you got to put a lot of pressure on yourself and, and and the people around you and um you know be able to make some progress but um with all that being said i feel like we've been been trending in the right direction lately getting some some more consistent results uh even even michigan i i feel like we left a bit on the table there at, at the end of the race so um for for me i'm, I'm pretty focused on that but um, the only thing I've got on my mind at the moment is a win, and uh, you know that that gives us a shot, a shot in the playoffs to keep, to keep going for W's.
0: I know you're going to be a very busy guy this weekend, and, and with so much going on the track, are you going to be able to find some time to get away and, and watch some additional racing? If you are, what are you most looking forward to trying to check out, or is there, is there a racer or two that you're most for looking forward to kind of getting out there and and seeing perform?
1: Well, I'm a I'm I'm a pretty diehard IndyCar fan. That's what I grew up watching, so. Um, to be able to be at the track after our garage closes, um, it's a pretty easy opportunity. Otherwise, I usually have it on Peacock in, in, inside the hauler throughout the entire weekend, whether it's practice, qualifying, or the races. So, um, I'll, I'll actually get to watch it in person this week, which will be uh, which will be really nice.
0: Oh man, I'm happy for you, man. It sounds like it's going to be a great weekend. Uh, we're pulling for you here. Another great finish is on the horizon. I can feel it. Austin Sindrick here. Number two, Ford is uh, going to be out there dominating this weekend. Don't forget to get your tickets. Four races, three days, kids 15 and under. Get in free with an adult general admission ticket. That is a memory that is going to last a lifetime, I will tell you. So make sure you pick those up. Uh, again, it's a whole weekend full of great racing action. Take the family. You're going to be proud that you did. Hey, Austin, it's a pleasure meeting you, my friend. Best of luck this weekend down in Indy, All right.
1: Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Hope you enjoy the race.
0: Thank you so much, bud. There you go. Austin Centric here on the Hammer Down Show. We're going to take a break. We're going to come right back. Uh, we got tons of stuff to do here. I'm going to we'll try to catch up a little bit with what's going on with Purdue, uh, the basketball team currently playing in Germany. Uh, we'll get a latest update on that. Uh, we'll circle into some football here. Northwestern's got, oh my goodness, we got plenty of stuff to talk about. Local sports continue next on the Hammerdown Show. Hey, welcome back. It is the Hammerdown Show on 1017thehammer, 1017thehammer.com. All these thunderstorms don't get too bad today, man. I'm ready for the weekend. seems like it's going to be nice and sunny, get some stuff done. We only got a couple more Saturdays. You better get the lawn and everything. You got to get that long-term stuff done here because we had high school football starting next Friday, and then we're only a couple of weekends away from Boilermaker football on the second. And Boilermaker basketball is in action today, though. First game in the Europe trip. Uh, they win 88 to 71 over Kicks IBAM, according to Purdue Men's Basketball's official Twitter account. Rayne Smith, 22 points, 12 assists, 6 rebounds, 3 steals. Trey Kopman ran 16 points, 8 rebounds. Waddell showing out 15 points, 4 rebounds. No Ethan Morton, uh, hamstring, and then um, you know Zach's playing with Team Canada. I mean, it's nice. Again, we've talked about this a few times, where this trip... Uh, the importance here is, I think, a lot of bonding, a lot of trying new stuff, a lot of getting some guys who may not have gotten a lot of time they are going to be pivotal for the bench uh, to get some more playing time against quality competition. Just kind of mixing it up a little bit. Just trying to hit the reset button to a degree mentally from last year. You've had two losses in the NCAA tournament the last two seasons that have sat really poorly with the fans. And the way that some fans you know reacted over the last couple of years after losses, quite frankly, I don't think is very healthy. And it gets back to these kids eventually. Not everything, but you know, enough people act like idiots. I just feel like, this is a great trip where there's not any pressure. You're playing in, you know, an elementary school gymnasium. It's a relaxed environment. Basketball supposed to be fun. That's what this should be about. Doesn't matter if they win or lose, really. You, know, you don't have the National Player of the Year either, which is the centerpiece of your offense. Things are going to look different. But this is you know good work to play without him. It really is. Gives some opportunities for some other people. Gives Matt Panner things to think about. Who works well with who? What flows, what doesn't? What looks great offensively, but looks terrible defensively, and vice versa. Now it's the time to, to to play, experiment, have fun. It's a European trip. That's <laughs> what you're supposed to do. Try different things. Have fun. Not think about the real world for a week. Hopefully, they're doing that. Great stats, uh, things you like to see. They. I'll make you feel good about things. But in the end, it doesn't matter. It's not what's important. Purdue football, nobody spoke to the media today. I believe it was scheduled that way. Uh, Tom Deanhart was reporting on a few things. The, the, the couple things that I wanted to see, Uh, you know, do we know what's up with Josh Kaltenberger yet? Gus Hartwig, how's he looking? And Tom says that he went through the early workout as the Garrett Miller, which is a, with great signs. But you'd like to see what we're, you know, how is Kultberger? That's, that's big, especially if Hartwig's not going to start. No resolution on that today, and if you don't see him out there, it's not necessarily a good sign. That may supersede my worries about what's going to happen at wide receiver. If you don't have, I mean, and how could it not? If you don't have your number one or number two starting center, I mean, that's a, that's an issue. Big time issue. Other than that, you know, just reading the report, I'm I'm not going to give everything away from it, but it doesn't sound like anything else really like shocks, amazes, concerns, and for the most part, I, I'm not reading any tweets or any reports on people being uh, people being injured today. That's the that's half the battle in this. Is being sure that you're gonna you know get out of these practices without getting hurt that's what you want so that's the good news now there's more tomfoolery with our friends up north at Northwestern this thing is turning into a dumpster fire quickly from a tweet here several Northwestern coaches and staffers including O.C. Mike Bajkin, uh I can't say his name Uh, anyway, I don't want to say his name right, because uh, they're donning shirts that say, quote, Cats Against the World with, okay, first off, I don't care about the against, I think it's a tired old trope, but hey, whatever. But they're also wearing shirts with number 51 on there, which is Pat Fitzgerald's old jersey number. Really? Really? I mean, unless this report was completely fabricated and none of that hazing stuff happened, what are you doing then? It'd be one thing if you had a player come through and say, hey, look, this stuff happened, and then you had a whole bunch of other people say, uh, no, he's he's lying. That never happened. And then they fired their coach anyway. Yeah, okay, yeah, may, maybe you can send that. But the, the report seemed pretty clear, and I don't hear anybody loudly shouting down that none of this stuff happened. It was all made up. Interim coach David Braun said, quote, it's not my business to center, censor anyone's free speech. You are the head of that staff. This is not a free speech issue. This is, hey, don't you think after we all get canned, we'd like to find new jobs? Because it's going to happen. They all know it's a one-year deal. They're all gone. I'll blow out that entire culture. But you as a head coach can easily set a tone and tell them No. Knock this off. We're not doing this. It's, it's maddening. How can, how? It's such a weird hill to die on. whatever they're running what another two or three more investigations to figure everything out it's just a lot of people need to go in my estimation based on what we know or we think we know unless there's literally some other piece of evidence that's been completely ignored that we don't know about it seems like a bad move but we're going to take our next break here when we come back a big shift in the betting landscape that is going to affect you come the fall ESPN has signed up for its own sports book with Penn National. They've jettisoned the Barstool sports brand, but I've got a lot of concerns when it comes to ESPN and their own sports book. We're going to talk about it next, what it means for you. When we come back, it is the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer and 101. <laughs> Welcome back to the Hammerdown Show on 1017 The Hammer 1017TheHammer.com. I'm Jared Jessalaitis. A big deal yesterday is going to affect your fall sports watching and your fall sports betting. ESPN and Penn Entertainment announced the launching of ESPN Bet. It'll be an ESPN-branded ESPN sports book that should launch... I've seen estimates in late October, early November. So initially, when this happens yesterday, uh, a lot of other news comes with it, of which Penn has spun off Barstool Sports. They have given it right back to Dave Portnoy for pretty much nothing, except the promise of if he sells it in any shape or form, they get fifty percent of the uh, of the sale. That had to be jettisoned in order for them to get the ESPN deal. And every time, like yesterday, just reading this, and even today reading more of this, there are just so many numerous angles that blow my mind for this. But I'm not going to sit here, leave Barstool and all that stuff out of it. I know some people are fans. I know some people hate it. I They do what they do. I like Big Cat and BFT a little bit. That's fine, you know. It is what it is. That's not what we're talking about. This is going to affect your ESPN viewing, and this can affect your betting in a number of ways. To the point where I'm a little bit shocked at just how this is okay with regulators when they weren't okay with Barstool guys calling it a can't-lose parlay. We'll get into it. But first off, here's what you need to know. Penn is going to essentially leave the same app that they've had, that was Barstool branded, get rid of the Barstool branding, and put ESPN branding to it. That's the understanding here. So they're going to kick out branding that they just got done spending, what they value this company at, like $600 million? Not to mention all the money in the physical locations that they had to brand uh, their sports books. With the barstool branding, the you know table games silver the felt, all that stuff. A lot of money spent, and it is better for them, in their estimation, to spend one and a half billion dollars over the next ten years directly to ESPN to do this. Their investor presentation thinks they will get um, over the next several years up to twenty percent of the market. Uh, For comparison, your FanDuel and DraftKings combine for about 70% of domestic online sports wagering, according to Front Office Sports. Caesars and BetMGM, if you add those two, the next big two, that's 90%. And they think somehow they're going to take away all of this. In order to do that, first off, your viewing is going to be affected on ESPN, ESPN platforms. You are going to be bombarded, I guarantee you. Live bets, bet angles, things that you can bet, it's all going to be out there. The Pat McAfee thing feels like it comes back into perspective a little bit too now, doesn't it? Maybe doing the exact same thing he was doing fan FanDuel and doing it on the show. Makes a little bit more sense now, doesn't it? Bob well, Iger looking for uh, the split off ESPN. Now all of a sudden, if they think they're going to be making two billion dollars over the next two years, an extra two billion, and they just cut a whole bunch of talent, what do you think's going to happen? Money. The biggest worry out of everybody right now is this: you got guys like Scheffner, you got guys like Woz, you got Bassan. insiders who get the news first. So let's say they get the news that Jonathan Taylor is, you know, Scheffner gets us. Jonathan Taylor not starting game one. Does Scheffner now go directly to his Twitter and get that out? Or does that information kind of bounce around for a couple minutes? Hey, whoever writes my ESPN articles, here's the info on this. And then does that go directly to the sports book? Because these guys can move lines. We saw this happen in the NBA draft right? Some NBA insider. Was it Woj? It was somebody else who had um, a gambling deal too with FanDuel on the FanDuel TV. I'm hearing all this stuff that the number three pick wasn't locked in. It's going to be this instead. And then the line shifted dramatically. A lot of money coming in on the new player. And then it all turned out to be a a smokescreen. That's the danger in this new partnership. Now, ESPN is assuring us that their personalities, like Scheffner, they will be far away from the sports betting shows, like Daily Wager. And that's all well and good. But that doesn't mean... Uh, That they're not still on Twitter. I'm going to get the same info on Twitter. doesn't matter if I'm on Twitter daily wager. I'm going to get the info, right? But when am I getting the info? And is there going to be info leaked in a way to make me induce a bet that is not in my best interest? That becomes the worry here. Because now ESPN and its parent companies, they have a vested interest in your betting patterns and what they want you to bet. From my angle, I don't see this working out well. I think that scenario is going to happen again, very high profile. It will happen again. One of these guys is going to make a mistake about something and it's going to just big bet patterns and people are going to cry foul. And that is going to kill their brand. I simply don't think they're also going to be able to roll out the exact same app, which is, I'll be honest with you, I've seen it. Is it the worst one out there? No. Is it any good, though? Not compared to the other four. The odds weren't any better. The promotions weren't any better. They're not going to change any of that stuff. They chased out all the sharp betters because they don't want the big money action. I have a hard time seeing this getting 20% in. I just do. It's definitely going to affect your watching because it's going to be all over. Every college game you watch, every NFL, NBA, NHL game. You are going to be inundated with it. And the crazy thing is, ESPN can still take its money from DraftKings, from FanDuel, from BetMGM, from Caesars. They're all still taking the money. This is a huge win for ESPN. But they're going to try to maintain this journalistic integrity and... Man, I, it sounds like a fool's errand to me. It sounds like it's only a matter of time before that gets screwed up and people start asking questions. Because one of the reasons why Penn wanted to do this move is not only ESPN has a greater reach than Barstool, it's not only that their, uh, you know, viewers probably have more income. That was the thing. They, they bought Barstool thinking that all the Barstool fans were going to go and run onto the Barstool app. They didn't take in consideration who the Barstool fans were. A lot of, you know, late teens, early 20s, you know, males don't have a ton of disposable income. And they spent all that money for, you know, to try to acquire those customers. Um, and it was a didn't work espn is way behind this app as far as i can tell it's not going to offer anything different to make you want to jump on it all of a sudden you know they'll have those those branded. you know hey it's uh so and so here and this is his picks and you don't want to you know you want to ride with uh, this analyst go ahead they don't make the picks though Like people get wise to that pretty quick and decide that this is not for them. Uh, ESPN's going to get their $1.5 billion anyway. They're more than happy with that. Barstool gets to go back to doing whatever they want with no corporate oversight, worrying about offending anybody and firing people when they do. That's what they like to do. Hey, they win. It's like Portnoy leased a car out, and now you got to turn it back into the end of the contract. You got your money, and he got the car back. A little, little more damaged, right? Get some miles on it, but it's still a darn good car. So I don't know. I tried to sit down and really uh, piece together who I thought won this thing. But I, unless they improve the app and improve the odds, I, I, don't, I don't see how ESPN's branding is just going to shoot this thing into the stratosphere. But it is going to affect your watching. It's going to be all over sports centers. It's going to be all over your live broadcasts. So, yeah, if you're not a wager, if you're not a guy that likes the, the wagering talk, if, you, if you're a person who just is against that stuff, if it doesn't interest you like the fantasy stuff does, uh, I got bad news for you. This is this is going to be coming in hot because now ESPN is financially uh, benefited by getting you interested in it and getting you to participate in it. And it'll be fully full on before Thanksgiving, it sounds like. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, some of the things we may have missed. Um, I don't know about you guys. I did go home and watch the Johnny Manziel documentary on Netflix yesterday. Interesting. I'll tell you what my takeaways were from that. And we'll wrap up the show. What's coming up next is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017 thehammercom I'm Jared Jessalitis. A few things we may have missed today. Uh, shout out to Devin Mockabee, named to the Doak Walker Award Watch List. Uh, so he is on the radar as one of the uh, nation's leading rushers. You love to see that. Oh, crazy legs making the Walker Award Watch List. Uh, the first one since Markel Jones made the list in 2016. That's awesome, good for him. I don't know how how many they put a lot on. I'm not trying to minimize this, but you know they they have this initial list and they like cut it down like three or four times as the season goes on. But heck, man, what a start from uh walk on, no scholarship, the scholarship. To now be on the on that awards list is pretty. It's pretty good. Good for him, man. Good for him. Uh, also, shout out to uh, Purdue women's soccer. They started their exhibition schedule today on the practice field. Sounds like uh, Folkfield just needs a couple more days to grow the grass out there just a little bit more. But uh, they were uh, participating today at uh, two o'clock, and then they've got another one coming up on uh, what Saturday at 2 o'clock that one also on the practice field Uh, they were taking on um, uh, Indiana State today Bowling Green on Saturday at 2 and then their first matchup is next Thursday the 17th uh, against 24th ranked UCF over at Fold Field that'll be a big one got to get your face in the place they they're also back to 20th as well that sunday so uh, they've got a lot of home games early on in august i think those first two or those uh, last two thursdays and last two sundays uh they're at home so get on out there and support those ladies uh they are they are awesome and they got some good nights out there too, uh, theme nights too Pooch is at the pitch uh sunday the 20th Come back out. I'll tell you what. Last year was my first year doing the uh, the PA announcement for that. They did the Thundersticks during the Boiler Gold Rush on uh, at the UC the U, uh, USC game. And they beat that ranked team. It was an amazing atmosphere. So loud. That's the uh, UCF game on the 17th. So make sure you get on out there for that. And then finally, last night, I... Uh, I I need a max, I need a a max thing uh, subscription. But because I I didn't get to watch Hard Knocks, I did go though on to Netflix and I watched the uh, the Untold Johnny Manziel, little documentary they did on him. A little surprised how short it was. It it felt like it glossed over some things. It missed some perspectives, mainly from the folks in Cleveland. Johnny, for his part, seemed like he was pretty open about it. Now, I walk in with this. My opinion of Johnny Football to begin with was a guy with a lot of talent, not much maturity, and seemingly not a ton of work ethic. That documentary did a lot to reinforce that. I did feel bad for him at one point. We talked about how much money A&M was making off him, and A&M does not look good in this. The amount of jerseys, the amount of autographs that he signed for them, and then the amount of money that they were able to raise off of him and that football team, and he doesn't get anything. Like, I felt that. But that kind of ended shortly. Some of the revelations that I found interesting were, uh, you know, his, uh, his his high school friend, his running buddy here, who was the uh, fall guy for the autograph, the uh, legal autograph signing and stuff. They were both very candid about that time. And remember, they took Reggie Bush's Heisman away. I don't think they're going to take Johnny's away, but. They were very candid about what they were doing, why they were doing it, how they were doing it, and how they got away with a half-game suspension. What I did not realize is that the the best friend, this is the guy that came up with the whole story about, he just signs autographs. He doesn't get paid for him. Yeah, you got pictures of him signing autographs. I mean i got money for some stuff it's not johnny's johnny has oil money his family comes from oil money you remember that And turns out he made up the story about the oil money and everybody ran with that that was the biggest shocker to me i was like you gotta be kidding me that was made up we all bought that I mean, that was probably the biggest revelation for me right there. I was shocked. I was like, "Wait, that was a completely made up thing." And you go back and just see how you know hapless the NCAA is, because he says we went right back to doing it after I got in trouble. But the thing that upset me the most, and this hits me as we start to go back into you know high school athletic season, is they very open cliff kingsbury talked a lot and basically said you know we knew there was kind of this darker side to him with the partying but as long as it wasn't affecting him on the field and practices they let it go the parents aside sounds like he was very strict in high school a and doesn't seem like, and there was no Kevin Sumlin talk. I wish we had gotten a little bit from him too. But there, nobody, nobody takes him aside. Nobody slows him down and says, "Buddy, for your own good, you got to take it down. You're, you're 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 running too hot right now." And then you give the kid the Heisman, and then all the hype and the glory, and he's out doing all the parties and stuff. The 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 best friend. Is a bit of a hanger on. Doesn't say, man, you might be overdoing. It. You're, you're cooking too much here. Let it go. Calm down. You need to slow down and stop. Nobody does that. Second year in AM. Nobody wants to get off the money train. They're making too much money off of them. Goes, gets drafted, gets an agent. Agent tries everything to hide all these blemishes. Li- Tries to sequester him, give him drug tests and stuff. It seems like nobody's like, man, maybe you shouldn't be doing this right now. Maybe you should stop. Maybe it's in your best interest to do the rehab stints. Let's just do that. Let's focus on you. Nobody does it. He gets to Cleveland. Doesn't like it. They put a bunch of pressure on him. Bad situation. Nobody says, maybe for the kid's own good. Nobody ever pulls this kid aside in this whole thing and says, "Buddy, you've got to stop because it's all out. Of, you're all out of control. You've got to right yourself." That was the frustrating thing for me: is how many coaches did he pass through? How many people uh, higher up that had the ability to try to slow him down a little bit and say, "You are self-destructing." Nobody took the opportunity because everybody else was just making too much money that's the tragedy i think in all of this for him and you know i know he uh, talked about trying to commit suicide and everything too it just helped so many people he passed through so many people and nobody seemingly was eager to help him that was the saddest part about it but it was an, it was all right it wasn't like this unbelievably amazing documentary or anything like that i feel like there's a few sides we needed to hear from we didn't hear from but uh, geez that time at a&m through the nfl draft to hear the nfl draft prep stories and stuff oh it's something let me tell you All right, that's going to do it for us here on the show. Big thank you for listening. It's been a great hour talking local sports. The whole show posted up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that stuff, Twitter as well. I'll see you back here tomorrow 3 o'clock on 101.7 The Hammer.